0: God, that is, uh, That's is—that's the description. That's the adjective, O oh Lord, over your people. Praise the Lord. Any being attacked by the enemy, we rebuke him in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, and thank you for victory. Thank you for victory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. For your blessing. Thank you for the vision. Thank you for your purpose, O oh Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. And then, O oh Lord, I just thank you for your encouraging word tonight. Thank you, Lord that in a, a little bit later as we just read scripture and we look at it oh lord praise god that we have our heart right our attitude right oh lord and that we are blessed by it praise the lord that we receive we receive your word in jesus name lord you know the things that are going on that are not uh, out in the open you know when people are uh, what people are dealing with oh lord and you know the things that are not spoken outward to men but they're only spoken and just to you and I'm thanking you oh Lord that you were working on the inside you're working oh God behind the scenes and you're helping people and you're providing answers and you're providing healing and, and restoration and, and and all that is needed Lord Jesus may we be more aware of the things that are going in the spirit and less. Focused, O oh Lord, on the on, on the human reasoning. In the name of Jesus, help us, O oh Lord. We pray. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. And energizing everyone, O oh Lord, if they've uh, been going about the, the, their business today, O oh God, doing the things that they're needful that are needful to be done, and they're responsible for. But now, O oh Lord, thank you for a spiritual. Praise the Lord. Touch from you, a spiritual uplifting in Jesus' name. We give you glory for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you can be seated if you want to. Praise the Lord. Uh, Just before we begin our study in the Word tonight, let's bring the Lord our offering. Or or maybe you've come prepared to do your tithes. If anyone uh, needs an envelope, Bob's here to help you. Just lift your hand real quick and uh, get ourselves taken care of that way. There's one scripture I'm going to uh, just connect to our giving tonight as he's doing that. I'll just read the scripture. It's in Proverbs 22. The Proverbs are a great place to spend some time every day. How many of you know that? Amen. Proverbs 22 in verse 2. And it just says simply this. It says that the rich and the poor are alike before the Lord. The rich and the poor are alike before the Lord who made them all. Hallelujah. The rich and the poor of same value, of same worth to the Lord. They are both in God's mind. Praise the Lord. So, you know, tonight, whether uh, maybe, you know, whether you're considered in man's estimation uh, to be a rich person or in man's estimation to be a poor person. Person. The fact is that the Lord is aware of each one of us. That God, in God's uh, value system, how I many of you know His value system is not like man's value system? Isn't that something? His values are are uh, are of spiritual nature. They're out of, of a heart nature. They're of a they're of love based. They're loved based. And so no matter. What man's estimation of you, uh, God's love is the same. He has a purpose for you. He has, he has a something that you can do in his kingdom. And I wouldn't say that just something that no one else can do. You know, sometimes I think we over-exaggerate things. Well, maybe somebody else might could do something you could do. But he has something that you can do and that is valuable to the kingdom of God and is of worth to the kingdom of God and makes him happy. Praise the Lord. and Because he loves you. Praise the Lord. So uh, tonight, whether... You know, we get to offering time. Whether you're, you're enabled or at a blessing to give a dollar or to the Lord in honor to Him. Or you're enabled to give a thousand dollars in honor to Him. You know, uh, we're all the same of the same priceless worth to the Lord. And, and the, the whole issue with relationship with God is simply that what we do is that we give God our best. We give God our best, whether it's an effort or whether it's a deed, like a deed seed, or whether it's a resource, or whether it's our devotion, or whether it's an offering. We just do to God our best. He sees us all the same. We all can have the same level of devotion and a giving heart. Every one of us, you may be a millionaire, but the person next to you may you know, be struggling to pay the light bill. But in God's estimation, that one person, with whatever God's blessed him with, can can touch the heart of God with no difference than the other person. I don't know. I, I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that it, you know, wealth is fine. I mean, money's good. But money's having money is a lot better than not having money. I mean, as far as from a human standpoint, right? But but having things in this world in God's mind, and that's what we struggle, we strive to do, is to think God's thoughts in God's ways. Somebody's texting me. I have my phone, and and it has not been on silence. Can you believe I did that? But anyway, there it is. I will silence it. Uh, but in God's God's mind, and in God's God in the things of the spirit, they're so different. Money doesn't make you spiritual. And money doesn't make you more loved of the Lord. Hallelujah! Our best is just all He. That's that's what honors Him. Just do your best. And I'm not even talking about money so much right now. Just do your best. Give your best effort for God. Hallelujah! That makes His heart happy. Well, praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, if you have your offering ready, you can bring it down front. Praise the Lord. If there's any particular announcements before service to remind you of, uh, there's things that are going on, but, uh, you know, I don't know of any one big congregational thing to remind you of. You can always go to the website and check that out. Uh, or who knows, maybe you took your Bible, uh, I mean, your bulletin and stuck it in your Bible and you got that, but whatever. Okay. Just always try to be aware of what's happening in the church family. Okay. Praise the Lord. Uh, Sister Portia is going to be sharing the scriptures with us tonight. And so I want you to get your Bible. Anyone need a Bible for the Bible study? If you don't have your Bible or, you, you know, um, uh, anyone need, just lift your hand. No? It seems like everybody's got their Bible. All right. Sounds good. Sister Portia is going to be sharing uh, from the scriptures tonight. So I just want you to get your Bible out and let's get our paper and pen. Let's get over into that kind of set mode that God's going to show us something. Everybody say it with me. God... Has something for me tonight, and I am not going to miss it. Say it again. I am not going to miss it. Thank you, Lord. I am not going to miss. Lord, we are not going to miss what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Amen. All right, come on, Mrs. Force. Thank you.
1: It's always a privilege when I get to share the word, and. Uh, I thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity here at home, and uh, thank you all for coming. I know on Wednesday night a lot of times we have been working, and we come because we want to come. We come because we want to be in the presence of the Lord, but our bodies are just what they are. They're human. And so I think there's a point that we have to just come and we say, God, here I am. I've come to hear from you. It's interesting how Pastor was leading that because that was something that's on my heart. If we if we don't set ourselves to receive from the Lord, we've just fulfilled an obligation and not gotten anything from God. We just came to church and, you know, we think, well, that gave me, as God says, if we read the Bible, it'll give us brownie points. And we think if we came to church, Pastor will notice and it's brownie points. But it's God that we want to please. It's God that we want to hear from. It's not what I say. You know, I, I, I think this year a scripture that has been so vital to me is I don't come to you with the words, man's wisdom, but I come to you in the power of the word of God that, that your faith could be energized and that you would be changed. So I ask you tonight to just set yourself to receive. Our Bible is not just a book with black letters in it. It is a living testament of God's word to us. And, and we pray that the Holy Spirit will cause it to leap up and move into that area of our soul that we need an answer. If we talked to everybody, we'd all have different things that we are dealing with, struggling with, overcoming, and they wouldn't necessarily be the same. And if we said, well, how did you do it? You know, you might tell me something different. You don't need a healing scripture if you're believing for finances. But you don't need a my, God shall prosper you. If you need healing, you, you want to believe the healing scriptures. So we have to believe that tonight the Holy Ghost will cause these words of his to come alive in our being and grip our souls so that we, this time that we spend together, that our lives will be changed and life will be refreshed in us. Bow your head with me just a moment. Father, we ask you for your refreshing. You're refreshing, Holy Spirit. We thank you that it's not what we say, but it's your spirit that will go deep inside of each one of us and cause us to be refreshed and made alive unto your spirit. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. If you turn with me to Luke, the eighth chapter, the 40th verse. I'm going to read this, and it's not that you don't know it because y'all are... You know, you're the choir. You've probably already read it many times before, but sometimes when we read it, it just comes alive again to us rather than just rehearse the story. So Luke, the 8th chapter, the 40th verse, and it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, you know, he'd just come from the, the Gadareans where he delivered the demonic man And they'd kicked him out of there because they were afraid of him. He came back to Galilee, is what this is saying. The people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. Are we waiting tonight for the Lord? And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And the woman, having an issue of blood, 12 years, that had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throngs thee and presses thee. And you say, Who touched me? Let me turn my page. And Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared unto him, Before all the people, for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. While he yet spake, there cometh another from the ruler uh, cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to the ruler, Thy daughter's dead, don't trouble the master anymore. But Jesus heard it and he answered and said, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. I want to stop there, you can go on. We'll talk a little bit more about that where he went to the house and, and where they were mourning. But I've I've kind of began to look at something that if you want something from God You have to look to his word and you have to see what he has to say about it. And we can look at some of these things and see how a person got an answer from God. What did they do that caused them to get the answer? Is it something I could do? So tonight I wanted to take this scripture and there's actually two, I think, in here that are good examples of that, that they did something that caused them both to have a miracle. And so tonight, as we look at this, we're going to look at those finer points of the story to see what they did. First of all, we'll look at what Jairus did, and then we want to see what Jesus did in answer to what Jairus did. So how many of you might have a situation tonight that you really need Jesus to enter into because you can't do it yourself? I think all of us could say that someplace. There's something in our lives that... That we've just got to have Jesus because if he doesn't intervene for us, we don't have the power. We don't have the ability to do it. And, and we must have him. And so we've got to have Jesus in our situations. And if you want him in your situation, then you've got to find out what you can do. And then, see, as pastors has taught us always, there's a man part and there's a God part. And so we want to know what is our man part so that we can get God to do his part. So as we look at this, I'm believing that by the end of this time, you will feel like you've heard something from God for yourself. That it isn't just a story. It isn't just an outline. It's that you grab hold of it and you don't miss what God, by the Holy Ghost, is saying to you. You want to hear him tonight? Amen. I do too. All right, the first thing, if we look at these scriptures, is is that Jairus... In, in the 40th verse, went to Jesus himself. It says that he was a ruler uh, of the synagogue. He could have sent someone. You know, there are times when maybe we've been so sick we couldn't pick up the phone and call somebody ourselves, and we sent someone. But here was Jairus with his daughter a-dying. Now, I know that when my grandkids or my daughter or somebody very close to me, uh, you know, my brother just had some surgery in, in, in uh, his carotid artery, and so I headed to the hospital. You know, I wasn't necessary to be there, but I wanted to be there. And if my daughter were dying, it would be somewhat difficult for me to leave her and go find some help. I, you know, so Jairus could have said, you go get Jesus for me. I understand he's the healer. But the scripture tells us that he went for himself. And I think this is really important that we don't get somebody else to do what we can do. You know, it's always good um, when we we go for ourselves. It's good when we have other people pray for us. We have prayer partners and we join our faith with you and we believe God with you. But if you only wait to come to church to have somebody pray with you, you're gonna be in trouble sometime. If you only get on the phone and call your best friend and say, Pray for me, I've got this problem, or you call the church office and you say, I gotta have an appointment with the pastors to pray for me. Somewhere along the line in your situation, the devil is gonna make it so you can't get a hold of those people that you pray that pray with you. It's good to have people pray with you, but it's not the best thing to always put our trust in that person praying for us we've got to be able to go to jesus for ourself we've got to be able to take that word and say lord your word says by your stripes i'm healed lord your word says you provide for me so that we're not going to that person to meet our need many times people won't pray for themselves because they we we might not have faith in our own prayers you know i can remember a time years ago when i went to the 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 prison Harris County jail and we would go around Julie Martin and I were going and doing um, Bible studies with these girls and and then we'd go pray for them after the Bible study and we went to this one one cell and this one of our girls from the Bible study came and said chaplains come and pray for for my friend she's had a, a, a stroke and her whole left side was paralyzed she couldn't move her left arm and her left leg and so we're going to pray now. I, I, I've been a lot of years a Christian, but I was thinking, where is Pastor Hale? <laughs> that was my mind. I mean, because you know, we see people pray for somebody else. We, you know, it's not it's not my responsibility to pray. It's easy if he's doing the praying. It's easy if Joy's doing the prophesying. You know, and God says, you do it. We say. I, 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 You know, so my mind is doing this, but my spirit man is saying, you have the word. It's the word that heals. So I said to this young lady, I asked her if she was born again, and she said yes. And I said, do you believe in healing? Yes. And do you believe if I lay hands on you and pray for you that God will begin the healing process in your body? And she said yes. And so we obeyed the word. We prayed the word. We prayed healing for her. Stood there and talked to her a few minutes. And, I mean, I wasn't there five minutes, and this girl is wiggling on this left leg. And I'm like, girl, do you understand that you're moving on that leg that has been paralyzed? (gasps) Well, I am. I said, girl, I'll see you next week. And you holler at me with your left arm and wave and say, hi, pastor. Hi, chaplain. And sure enough, next week she did. But see, we cannot always want somebody else to do it for us. We have giants in this church that pray. But you know what? We're prayers. We're giants too. We have the same word. We have the giant inside of us. He's the Holy Ghost. He's the Father, and and he leads us and guides us. So you can't always find somebody to pray for. You've got to be able to go to Jesus for yourself. You must learn to go to Jesus for yourself, and that's one of the first things Jairus did. The second thing he did was he fell down and worshiped him. Um, Matthew nine eighteen says, while he spake these things, and to them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him. So you've got to learn to go to him for yourself, and you've got to learn to worship him for yourself. It's good when we get together. It's good when we all sing and when we have leaders to sing and worship leaders and we praise God. But you've got to be able to learn how to create the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost of worship in your own lives. You know, if if all I got in worship was when I came to church and we did it corporately, I'd be dry. But when I can be in my house and I can, you know, or in my car, and you know those special moments when he just comes up and kisses you on the back of the neck, and it just, you know, it's just precious because he's present. But he does that with worshipers. He does that with people who are worshiping him, who are willing to, to go to him and to bring his presence. So we have to learn to bring the presence of God. Jairus was going to Jesus to to have him help him when here he was, I mean, his daughter was dying, and yet he chose to worship. When we learn to bring his presence, uh, I I just had a few scriptures here that Psalms 22.2 says he inhabits the praises of his people. Revelations 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure we were created. I love those scriptures. Those are the promises that He will inhabit the praises, and He'll come, and He'll fellowship with you, and He'll be part with you. But then you go to Second Samuel, the 22nd chapter in the fourth verse. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. And the 22nd chapter in the 50th verse says, I'll call on the Lord who's worthy to be praised." and so shall I be saved from my enemies. I do my part, I praise him. God does his part and delivers me. So we have the promises of God, that it, and we cannot in this day and time become so bogged down with the affairs of the world, the, the things of the world that we would just cow to them, but we've got to realize where our source and our supply is. He came and he worshiped him. You gotta learn to praise God in your situation, no matter where you are, and you gotta learn to be able to do it. It's one of the greatest lessons a Christian can do. If we can praise the Lord for ourselves, nobody can stop us. Nobody can take that from us. They can't get on the inside of you and say, Joy, you can't praise the Lord anymore. Don't praise the Lord. You know it's like the little boy uh, his mom told him to sit down. You know you stand up? they sit down. He said, "I might have to sit down on the outside, but I 'm standing up on the inside." And when we get the power of God in us that we are willing to worship and to praise Him, then we stand up on the inside, and we begin to look at how big our God is rather than how big the mountain is. There's nothing sweeter than to be in his presence, where it's just you and him. And any of you that have, have, have been married or are married? You know that that there's nothing. You can do a lot of things together with other people. But when you have the intimacy of your fellowship together, when you just sit down and you're able to talk and you're able to be fulfilled by by your conversation, and that's what God will do with us. And it goes beyond any human satisfaction that we can have. So we've got to learn to worship. You know, I, I just want you to remember this guy. His daughter was dying, and yet he came to worship. You know, that takes real commitment. He's got he's to have some belief in his heart that God's going to make the difference for him. But he was still worshiping. When you have trouble in your life, what do you do with it, you know? You make your way to the sanctuary and you worship, or you bow at your house and, and you're on your knees. You come to Jesus and you worship. You learn to praise him in tough times and in good times. Anyone can praise him in the good times. It's the tough times that so many times we want to go... Oh, I need somebody to fix me. Uh, you guys don't do that, right? And it was just me. But I found out nobody can fix me. But Jesus does. Jesus does. You know, I can, I can call up my pastors and say, I need you to pray for me. And they'll say, well, first of all, Pastor, have you been praying in the Holy Ghost? And if you haven't, you better be because you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not going to talk to you too long before he says let's pray in the Holy Ghost alright so anyway we're going to worship the Lord we're going to come to him we're going to worship him the third thing that, that Jairus did was he besought Jesus greatly the Bible says he implored urgently and anxiously you know he was passionate about it uh, the longer that we live for the Lord the more we have to work at being passionate have you noticed that? It's, it's real easy sometimes to just go, oh, I'm going to church tonight. But are we passionate about why we're going to church? Are we passionate about, I mean, J. Iris was going, you got to come. I mean, my daughter is 12 and she's dying. He was imploring Jesus, you got to come. And obviously his passion moved Jesus and Jesus began to go with him. Okay. So whatever causes our flesh to calm down, you know the news, the circumstances, the valleys that we go through, it takes that time on our knees and the Word of God, praying and worshiping God, renewing that passion, causing that passion to be the first thing in our lives. Because if we don't have that passion, um, we just kind of go, well, uh, I'm born again. I I'm, I'm believing, I'll go to heaven. You know, uh, hopefully ISIS doesn't cut my head off. And, you know... Da, 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 da. Yeah, I mean, you know, that sounds silly, but it's, it's easy to get in to a, um, a lethargic way of thinking. We're busy. I mean, I, you know, I have to fight it all the time. My job is, is demanding, and I'm sure yours is too. And it's easy to say, I'm just tired tonight, Lord. Do you understand? I want to read your word, and I want to pray, but I'm so tired. Or you get up at 4.30 in the morning and you go, I need that cup of coffee so I can pray. You know, we have flesh, but we overcome it as we choose. What When you want something from God, you don't really care how people perceive you. You know, a lot of times we'll come to church and, and we hear a good sermon and, and, and we want something from God, but we're, we maybe stand back and we don't go up for prayer, we don't... We don't get excited, you know, like Sharon does. Uh, but if I'm really excited about something, I don't care what you think about me. You know, if, if, if the Spirit of the Lord moves on you, you don't care if the person next to you sees your mascara run or you fall on the floor and your hair messes up. You don't care because you're passionate about getting that touch from God. And I think sometimes we have ceased to be passionate We've decided, oh, well, we can go here, and, and we'll go home, and we'll, you know, I, I really like the times when I come to church, and the presence of the Lord is so real, and I go home, and I'm just excited. I'm sitting in church thinking, man, I'm going home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a fireball at home, you know, and I get home, and something happens. It, it isn't quite as exciting, you know, because why? life just face I mean you know you're human, you're tired, it's nine o'clock at night and you're going to bed and, and you're not as fiery as you were during the service. So you've got to you've got to get passionate and not let your passion die for the Lord. The fourth thing that Jairus did was he kept his eyes on the prize. The prize was the healing of his daughter. You remember Mark five thirty five says while he was still speaking Some came from the ruler's synagogue and said, Your daughter's dead. Why trouble you, the master, any longer? Jesus delayed going to Jairus' house, and he did it for a good reason. He did it to heal that woman. So in our human thinking, we could maybe put Jairus. He's a ruler. He sought Jesus. And all of a sudden Jesus is on his way to his house and all of a sudden this woman this woman is 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 come up and, and the crowd is throwing around and Jesus stops and says, Somebody touched me. And he says, What are you talking about? There's a crowd of people. Why are you talking? You know. And here he is, Jairus is going and wanting. I mean, if you hurry to my house, you can heal my daughter. And all of a sudden Jesus has stopped and dealing with a crowd and this woman. J. Iris could have said, excuse me, I'm the synagogue ruler. Could you not hurry up? Why do you have to stop for this woman? But he didn't do that. He didn't say anything about it. He, he may have had those temptations, which, have you ever had any of those temptations? We are human, and those things come, and they come, the enemy brings them to bring jealousy or to bring hearts or to say, well, so-and-so got this, and why don't I ever get it and all that? But Jairus kept his eyes on the fact that he had come to Jesus, and he had said, Jesus, if you will come to my house and lay your hands on my daughter, she shall be healed, and she shall be whole. That was his focus. It didn't matter if she lived or died. He didn't say if you come before she dies. He said, if you come and lay your hands on my daughter, she'll be whole. So he kept his eyes on that and did not move himself from the position of bringing Jesus with him. So sometimes we'd just pack up our tinker toys and we'd go home. But he didn't leave. He stayed there. And he saw the handiwork of God because he was faithful to continue where he had begun. He exercised, the fifth thing he did was he exercised absolute faith. Because when in Matthew 9, 18, the man came and said, Behold, there was a certain ruler who and worshiped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay your hands on her, and she shall live. So Matthew says she was dead. Luke said it was, she was a dying. Either way, she died somewhere along that line before they got home. But he had faith that his hope was not gone. Well, it, it, it would seem that when, when hope was still there, uh, you, could, you could hold on. You could, there was a little glimmer of light. If she was still living, she'll surely come. But in the face of death, are you still going to believe? Have you ever had a dream in your life? Have you ever had a goal? Have you ever had something that you're asking God for, and it hasn't been happening? And you're saying, well, I guess it's just not going to happen. But it doesn't matter if we keep our eyes on the focus. His, his was on, my daughter shall live. So he stood right there and he watched Jesus heal the woman with the issue of blood. And he heard Jesus say to that woman, your faith makes you whole. So that in two verses later in Luke eight fifty, when the man came and said, your daughter is dead, why trouble you? He could hold on and believe for what Jesus was going to, going to um, say to him. He heard the very words that built his faith and caused him to believe that he would be able to get what he wanted as well. He didn't give up. He didn't say, well, God's healing her. Jesus is healing her, but he, he my daughter's died. No, he didn't. He said he saw that woman raised up. He saw the miracle in front of him. I thought it was interesting as I was re-looking at these scriptures even today, that both of these people, Jairus, said what he wanted from God. The woman said what she wanted from God. So they both pursued into that not letting go. And if we will not let go of what we believe God for, what's God put in your heart? What dream has he put in your heart for your, for your children, for your husband, for your family, for your wife? You know, what dream has he put in for a job, for a ministry? What is it that's in your heart that says, oh, you know, I haven't seen it coming to pass. Well, don't give up. Keep, keep looking, you know. Keep trusting in the Lord because he will make a way for that. It's why we come to church. We, 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 we come with people who will testify that their faith's already been manifested in an area and it will encourage us you know, if we stay unto ourselves, um, we just get out in a boat all by ourselves, and we think, oh, nobody cares, and nothing happens, and what am I doing? But when we come together with the body of Christ and we lift one another up, we don't look at what, what's not going on. We look at how big our God is. So you can believe God for your miracle, um, and you can look for those people that will testify I was thinking of Sharon, I was telling her uh, as I prepared this, I was thinking of how many times Sharon has testified over the past three years, four years, three years, that she hasn't borrowed a dime and God has provided every dime she needed to go to school to become a nurse and she graduated this past week. And it's all to the glory of God. Not only did he provide for her financially, but he gave her the knowledge and the help and the strength that she needed and how many times has she testified of that? And how many times has it encouraged our hearts? And, you know, Pat, how many times when we first started SMTI in 1999 and neither one of us had any money and, and God provided for it that whole eight months? And, you know, we talk about that 16 years later, you know. But, the, the, you know, David rehearsed. He said, I've killed the lion and I've killed the bear. And who is this uncircumcised Goliath? that he should threaten the people of God. And that's what we have to do. We have to look at those positive things, those things that, that we can encourage one another with. And, and uh, what is it that I can do to encourage you? Or what can you do to encourage me? Or do we just say, oh, man, I'm, I'm just so tired and I'm so weary and I can't go and I can't do another thing. But no, we get into that, that part of God that stirs our very soul and answers those things. Okay, so testifying about healing, prosperity, food, keep giving deeds if you need that. And I tell you what God's done for me, you can look at me and say, well, if God had do that for her, he'd surely do it for me because she's no better than I am at doing this. So he is not a respecter of persons, but he will, according to your faith, cause it to come unto you. All right. So, let's look at what Jesus did. Now that we've talked about what Jairus did, here was Jesus, and Jesus gives a divine command. The Word will tell you what to do. Jesus, the Word, His Bible, His Scriptures, will always... Jesus spoke to the Father. If you develop a relationship with Jesus, He will speak to your faith, and He'll tell you what to do, what you need to do to make it happen, because he wants to do everything. He, he provided Jesus that he, he could give his son so that we would have whatever we needed. Luke 8.50, he says, fear not. That was the first assignment that Jesus gave to Jairus, is get rid of fear. And I think in this day and time, we have to realize that miracles will never manifest in the face of fear. And our world is full of a spirit of fear. Have you noticed that? The news will tell you how bad everything is. You know, I had a call the other day. I, I have Magic Jack for my home, home number, and I'd been getting these calls and people asking for um, a person and saying um, that, they got a call from this number for a debt collection, and I said, you must have the wrong number. And one or two of those did seem too big to me, you know. But I happened to be working at home that day, and I got probably eight or ten of them. And I began to do some research with a, with a live chat with Magic Jack, and they said, oh, make an abuse report. We don't know what's going on. I mean, it was crazy. It was a crazy day. But I saw... What happened in that? As I began to deal with them, and they were saying, well, we don't see where that's happening. We don't know. Someone is spoofing your phone and blah, 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 blah. I began to realize how the spirit of fear began to try and creep in on that. I couldn't talk to a person. I'm having a live chat with them, and I don't like that. You know, it's like calling the phone and saying push one and two and all that. But I saw that begin, and I was like, wait a minute. I can unplug this phone. See, you just you just you have to take authority over the fear that begins to come at your life. And it doesn't matter if it's a silly thing like that, or it's a decision that you have to make about a job or our children or anything else. It doesn't matter. Fear is trying to come into your life. and if you don't keep the standard of faith, it will come, and if it can get a seed in, it doesn't care how long it will lay there. It will eventually rise up and, and hurt you, but you've got to fear not. He said, well, you know, the Lord, no, he'll have mercy on me. No, he won't have mercy on you for having fear because his word says fear not. Amen. So don't make an excuse. Well, I, I you know, I, I can't help it. Yes, you can. You can help it. Well, what do you do if you can help it? Well, you come to church. You get with other believers. You don't, stay in tr- you, know, you don't get in trouble and stay away. You come to the house of God. You get among the believers. You get somebody to... That's one of the times where you say, the word says, or help me. Pastor, give me some word here that I can stand on because I've looked at it, but I haven't seen it. And, and so you surround yourself with people of faith. The Bible says... Perfect love cast out fear, and faith works by love. So God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So whatever you do, get rid of fear. Amen. That's the first assignment Jesus says. Don't speak words that add to your fear. You don't have to say what the doctor said. Now, if you're getting, you know, I mean, I, I do believe there's a time when you say the doctor's report says this, but God's word says this. I'm agreeing with the word of God. But I don't go around telling everybody this is what the doctor report says. I get the person that will pray with me in faith and stand with me in faith about that rather than, oh, you know, my knee hurts and my back hurts and my side hurts and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm taking all this medicine. about, you know. Get rid of it. <laughs> you know, by the stripes of Jesus, we're healed. Okay? So when you feel... feel fear creeping in on you you know do something about it don't wait till the end of the day if you're at work and that's happening just stop it go in the you know take a praise break and go praise you know go say lord i thank you you know i mean just look at tonight as we entered into the service and began to just praise the lord and thank him and to put our eyes on him not asking god and telling him about our problems but looking at him and thanking him and that's that's the praise and that's the worship. That spirit of fear will, will try and get you, but we're not going to fear. We're going to actively work against it and say, I'll not fear. And half of those things that come to your mind in fear, do they manifest anyway? You just worry over them. You just set yourself as a stew. All right, this, the other thing that he said when he said, fear not, he said, believe only. Have faith. Faith and fear cannot coexist. So faith is not coming until you deal with fear. If you let fear live in your life, your faith's not going to raise up because it doesn't have a place, you know, if you're fearing. So you've got to get rid of that fear. You can't get your miracle until you have faith. You must get rid of the fear, and you've got to believe. All right, so we might say I'm going to get somebody to believe with me and have them pray with me. No, you've got to believe yourself. You know, there's been times that someone will come and say, pray for me. And I'll say, well, what do you, what do you want to pray for? Well, I'm, I'm having sickness. Well, what, what scripture are you standing on? What, where's your faith? Well, uh, I don't know, whatever that song is, they're singing while we're praying. And I said, well, First Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes we're healed. If you get a hold of that and you foundation your faith, on the Word of God. Get this Word in your heart and, and take this and, and, and make it like a buffet. You know, there are so many helps to how you can study the Word and find things on... You can go to the Concordance and find whether it's healing or prosperity or it's, it's family or what it is, and you can find those scriptures. You don't need 10 pages of them. You need a, a, a couple scriptures that you can base your faith on and you can begin to talk about with somebody that will talk the word with you and that will encourage you in that. And you let that word become so filled up in your heart, you're consumed with it. And then you begin to speak it out of your mouth. And after you speak it out of your mouth, it creates more faith inside of you because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue is a creative force, the word of God. I can create miracles with my mouth. You know, have you realized that? Because if I speak the word of God, it will. it's the creative power of the word of God. And the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So if today I say, praise God, I'm healed. And tomorrow I say, Joy, I need, I mean, I'm just feeling so bad. I need you to pray for me. And I forgot that I was believing God yesterday. And now I'm... I'm hurting so bad. It isn't that I'm denying. I, I, I mean, the, the hurt's there, but I deny the power of it when I let the Word of God make the, the stronger power in me, and I let that come up. So we need to get rid of fear, and we need to believe only. The other thing that he said to Jairus was, she shall be made whole. If you get rid of fear and you believe you get your miracles. So Jairus was still willing to believe God. He was still standing with God and doing that. So the... Shell. thats I'm reading my notes. I'm trying to read what I'm saying here. Shell is the most positive word in the entire language. Um, Mary, you know this as a business analyst. When I was a, a business analyst, shell is a word that... that It shall be. I mean, it's not you can do this program this way if you have time. It shall be written this way. And Jesus said, this girl shall be whole. There was no question. She shall be. It's a positive word. He didn't say might or perhaps. He said she shall be whole. Whole is to be free of defect, impairment, or wound, or injury. To be complete and entire. Sometimes we get healed, but we don't get made whole. You know, we, we, need, we get fixed or repaired, but we don't get whole. God wants us to be whole. He wants to take and make us totally repaired, uh, restored, made new, you know, without anything missing, nothing broken. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. These words Jesus said to him after the girl was actually dead. He said, she shall be whole. Praise the Lord. The second thing Jesus did was he, he chose who he would take into the room with him. When he went to the house, he got there, and I didn't go ahead and read those uh, verses in 51 through 56, but he came to the house, and um, he, he didn't allow anybody but Peter and James and John to go with him into the house, uh, the father and the mother, so there were seven people in that room when he got in that room, the dead girl and the father and the mother. You definitely want those people who are passionate. He took Peter, James, and John most everywhere he went that was important for prayer and because they were going to agree with him, right? They were going to, be, they were going to stand with him. And So we want to be careful that we surround ourselves with people who can handle the pressure. You know, you're not going to go, Talk to somebody who's like, really, you're having that kind of problem, man. I mean, and you go to church and you study the Word all the time, and if you're having that kind of problem, how am I ever going to make it? No, you're not going to go to that person. You're going to go to somebody who says, yeah, I've killed the lion and I've killed the bear. You know, it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't wasn't the easiest thing. On Saturday, I was I went by H E B to pick up a card for somebody and some flowers, and I went to the card place and. And uh, there at HEB, and I'm standing. I'm, I look at the cards, and all of a sudden, I'm aware of a lady about from me to you, a- and she's just crying. Her eyes are just—I mean, she's just boo-hooing. We're in front of the Mother's Day cards, and uh, I realize she's lost her mom, you know. And so I say, "Honey, have you uh, lost your mama?" And she said, "Yeah." And I just put my arm around. Her. I have no idea what the girl's name is. You know, she was probably, I don't know how old she was because she said she was looking for a, a card for her daughter who's going to be a mom, and she wanted to be mom, Mother's Day. And I just put my around her and I said, Honey, it's never easy to lose your mom. It doesn't matter how long it's been, you're still going to cry. Uh, I still cry. And I said, Mine's been gone 16 years. But I said, You cannot replace mom, but it's okay to cry. And, I mean, it was just like a load just lifted from her. And, and I said, it's okay. And I just moved back over to, to look at cards. And in about two minutes, here she came. Oh, thank you. That helped me. I feel so much better. It hugs me. You know, the third time, she comes and hugs me again. <laughs> <laughs> and her husband comes in a few minutes, and, and, and she's talking to him, and they're getting ready to leave, and she comes back, and she said, you don't know how much you've helped me. And you see, we have the light of Christ in us. And if we share it, we don't put it under a bushel, in the darkest hours. Light does not shine in light. It shines in darkness. And when there's a need, and when we speak life to people, and when we have life in us, we give it out. And that's what Jesus was doing. And He'd already spoken to the dad and the mom, and he'd said, you know, to the dad and said, don't fear, you know, she'll be made whole. So he takes these people in with him that are positive, that are believers with him, that won't crush under the pressure and he tells all the other people, you know, because, I, I mean, they had already, some of them came because they wanted to cry, and some of them were hired to cry because mourners are, are hired in those days. And uh, I was in Tanzania in 1999 when, when the founder president of Tanzania died, and for a whole month they shut down businesses. And, I mean, it was, I mean, after, after three weeks I was like, you're kidding. They really still fall out? I mean, these women would just and men would just, and they fall on the ground. And I'm like, "You really mourn like that?" So, from that, I can see this house Jesus sent him out. He said, "She's just sleeping," and they said, "You are crazy," and they laughed him to scorn. It says, "But Jesus didn't pay attention to what they said. He had within him life, and he was taking life to the people." So, when you really need a miracle, you need to be careful who you let have access to your ears, you need to be careful who you really associate with. Now, if you don't need something from God, you befriend everybody. You know, you you love them and you spend time with anybody. But when you really have a need from God and when you're really setting your faith to focus, you focus yourself with people who will have faith with you that will believe the word of God with you, that will stand on the word of God with you in spite of whatever the circumstances are, and, and you, you first of all have approached God and Jesus, and you know what he says, and you get somebody to help you the best of your, your ability. You get rid of fear. You believe only. And, and if you have a day of weakness, you say to your friend, man, pray with me. I'm believing God, and in, in today I just need your strength with me. You know? There's sometimes when you go to lift something that you've got to have an extra person help you with that. And there's some days in the spirit realm, you just need that extra person to help you with that. And, and so here was Jesus, and he took people in that would believe with him, and he said, girl, get up. You know, the girl got up. He said, mama, feed this baby. And then he said, we'll see you later, but don't tell anybody what just happened. Now, can you believe that? Jesus would say, Don't go tell anybody. But he went on about his way. J. Iris believed God. God did a miracle for him. Jesus so when you need something from God, what you gonna do? You gonna walk in fear? No. We're not gonna fear. We're gonna believe God. And we're gonna believe to see the dream. One of those maybe that you've let pass by you and you've said, Oh, it'll never come. Well, pick it up again. Pick it up and talk to God about it and say, what do you want me to do with this, God? And in that dream, let that dream come alive again in you. Let that word of God ignite that faith in you that you can see the miracle-working power of God, whether it's in the salvation of your family, your relationships, or, or whatever it is. Believe God. Amen.
0: Praise the Lord. Those are noteworthy uh, points taken right from the scriptures. Amen. Right from the scriptures. How to present ourselves, position ourselves for a miracle. Amen. I wrote them all down. Go back over them again and again. All right. Uh, prayer partners, uh, prayer uh, leaders, if uh, you'd come up and take your place, let me just pray over you. And, uh if you need prayer, then you can come forward. And um, Otherwise, then we'll just dismiss, dismiss you and see you on Sunday. I'm believing you're going to be here, right? I think you. I got two, three nods and four or five amens. That's good. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you Lord uh, for making things uh, simple and easy for us that we can extract the principles it's the principles oh Lord the way it, that you think and the way that you uh, the way that you uh, uh, your mind and your and your actions of God that we're wanting to connect to and so Lord we just thank you for that tonight um, father I just speak uh, safety and a blessing over each one that has come and uh, we just say praise God may it be a fantastic uh, Um, favor-filled balance to this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, guys, if you need prayer, just make your way up front.